0: Once upon a time, there was a new crossover that refused to play by the rules. It flipped the script and made all the others look like fools. Featuring styling that's sexier by far and
1: handles like a rock star. Introducing the first ever Toyota CHR.
0: Enjoy agile handling in the body of a seductive crossover that comes with standard 18-inch alloy wheels. The first ever Toyota CHR. The perfect ride to spin your own tail. Toyota. Let's go places.
2: Welcome back to the Heavy Metal Mayhem Radio Show. We started things off there tonight with some Anvil. I haven't played them on the show in quite some time with Blood on the Ice. You know, the band is working on a new music right now. I believe they have a a GoFundMe or one of those Pledge Music campaigns going on now to help with the new album, the cost of it. I believe the name of the album is Pounding the Pavement. It sort of sounds like a combination of a lot of other Anvil albums mixed together. Uh, But let's see how this one sounds. I think it's like $22 looking for a donation. You get a free copy of the CD. For a few dollars more, you get a copy autograph. So, you know why these pledge things and these fundraisers today—it's almost like going to a record store in the old days. But at least the money's going directly to the band, and not a lot of it is going to the record labels. So, it is a good thing if you still buy records uh, to do that, because you get a copy of it, and you help the band—you know—keep recording music. And there's really no record stores left anymore. There's a handful here and there, but nothing big time. All right, forget about that little rant before we get too far into it. We got a great show tonight. Doug Calloway from Legion. Is up first at about 6.30, then we have an interview we did about a week ago with Paul Van Volkenberg from the Tube Freaks. Stick around, we got a great show. I can't believe July is almost over already. We're down to one week, and then we're heading into August. This year is flying by. I don't know if it's because I'm getting older and all the months just seem to be melding into one another, but it didn't seem to go this quick when I was younger. That's all I can remember. But stick around. we got great music for everybody tonight. How about some Victim with Cinderella? With Over the Top Great band I, I know they're, they, they're back together They've been back together for a long time But you, they've been really quiet Haven't heard much about what's going on with the group Not too sure of their status at this time right now But you know what There's some great new music coming out For the next half of the year And a lot of records that are in the works for 2018 One of them is Jack Pans I've been looking forward to this record for a long time Especially since you know Harry Conklin got back with the band He was only gone for a short period of time When you think about it uh, Mark already kind of Ended the band when he left I think he wanted to concentrate on Some of the other bands he was in And other projects And I guess Jack Panzer Wasn't being very active Doing much at the time Mark did say he was going to Keep it going then He started looking for a new single But then next thing you know The time was back in the fall And a new album was being worked on The D Chord Will be out this September On SPZ Records uh, One of my all- I love these I love these guys Love this band uh, the new record it sounds great, what I'm hearing so far, but it doesn't sound like the classic Jack Panzer in my opinion. It's got a very European power metal feel, this album. Uh, so, like, if I didn't actually hear the Tyrant's voice, which is very recognizable, I wouldn't be able to tell you it was Jack Panzer. I have to be honest with you. It's a completely different sounding album. I don't know if it was by design or by choice, or it just worked out that way, uh, but they put out a great one, and I think all the fans are going to love this. Check it out. Here's a brand new song left that album called Far Beyond All Fear. zebra when you get there new orleans by the way of long island to the new york rock scene back in the 80s just always you know they were a lighter rock band compared to what i was into and what i'm still into back then but i always loved the music felix's voice uh what a great band they were back in the day i know they're still around right now but i really don't hear much about them anymore all right we're gonna get to Doug calloway in about five minutes or so we'll jump into one more tune Uh, Before we talk to him, uh, you know what we had? I wanted to talk about the band Vatican. Uh, It looks like Brian McNasty left the band. There's a lot of uh, there's a falling out, I guess, and a lot of bad blood going on right now. But maybe we'll save that for after this interview, so we can uh, talk about it in a little bit more detail. Uh, Let me see. How about we uh, play some Legion uh, before the interview? Yeah, I think we'll do that. Here's Chalice. I tell you, a lawyer's got some voice, huh? Amazing. All right, let's get Doug on the line right now. Get this interview going. Hang on. I should have that Jeopardy music playing while we wait for the phone to ring. Right Hello? Doug, this is Mike from the radio show. You're on the air. How are you?
1: How you doing, Mike?
2: I'm doing great, man. It's a pleasure to talk with you today.
1: Man, it is so hot
2: outside. I'm sweating ass. (laughs) You know, it only gets hotter the further down south you go.
1: Dude, I'm in Missouri, so it's pretty baking.
2: Oh, man, it's been hot the last couple of days. Hopefully it'll cool off for you.
1: I'm screaming, uh,
2: Missouri or
1: misery? (laughs)
2: <laughs> Give me a little bit of both, right?
1: It is, it is.
2: Hey, so uh so you live now? You're on the air live. Cool. Yeah. I well, should've gave you a heads away, up, guess, my beforehand. brother. Hey, listen, I'm a fan for a long time, but the fact that all of a sudden there's all these albums out and music with the band, it's a great thing. I wish we could have had this for the last thirty years. You hear that static we got? A little bit, but it's not too bad on my end. Am I clear on your end? You're coming in really clear. All right, cool. Yeah, you're good. All right, I missed a, miss a
1: little bit of what you said, brother.
2: I was saying, you know, all those prime time years back in the 80s, we really didn't get no releases by the band. All of a sudden now, you know, between Darkness and Bible of Stone, we're getting to hear all this great Legion music all over again for a lot of people for the first time.
1: Yeah, I know. it. Uh, you know, back in the day... We didn't really have social media helping us out, and it was just all physically done, you know, uh, taping flyers to the telephone poles, going to a concert, you know, and maybe uh, get the owner to let us staple some stuff up and let people come know about it. We used to go do uh, parking lot meets out there at, uh, like, King Diamond concerts and stuff. We'd go outside in the parking lot and uh, pass out a free demo CD and, and a free ticket to come in and see us. And the club owners wanted to know why in the hell I was giving out those tickets, what we were supposed to make money on. And I said, I'm trying to get people into your into your venue, and uh, we would like to play in front of a crowd and not charge people until they know if they want to pay to see us. Yeah. So, so that's that's the route I took, man. Well, well, how did it all
2: come together? Because you're originally from New Jersey, right? Yeah, I, I was born in Patterson. Okay, yeah, I, I'm in Staten Island these days, so not too far away. Yeah, my dad. He was in the military, uh, and
1: then uh, he finished raising me up in Erie, and then we started uh, flocking to the south.
2: Uh, How was the metal scene down there when you got there in the '80s? Was it pretty good, pretty vibrant? Because I mean, the band came out of Georgia back in the day.
1: Yeah, uh, back in that time period, there was just everywhere you went, there was another there was another metal band, and um, you know, I even opened up a venue for a few years myself. And Was helping these bands have a nice looking stage and a good video and a nice board mix to help them get another gig Or maybe get a record deal out of it and uh, you know something they could shop around and uh, I still help bands to this day You know, I got these little pages. I use these little uh, group pages on Facebook and I just try to spread out uh, You know unheard of bands like myself
2: Yeah, yeah well, how did the band come about? What was it like around '84, '85? I know you hooked up a lawyer, I guess, in the beginning. Is that how it got going?
1: Yeah, you know, uh, mostly uh, in Augusta, Georgia, we only had one or two places, mine and another friend of mine's. But up in uh, up in Atlanta, uh, on the boulevard, there were there's a lot of places. I mean, the Masquerade was open. Uh, they had uh, the Rec Room. They had uh, Cotton Club. They still got the Tabernacle. A lot of a lot of bands will go play there. And so, you know, it slowed down a lot, and the metal circle, you know, is small. And I would like to try to grow it again if I could.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, going back to the beginning of Legion, how did you, how did those how did you guys meet? Did you know each other ahead of time, or did you kind of like just find each other and put the band together?
1: Well, what I did is, you know, I always wrote songs, I always recorded them on those little, uh, little crappy cassette players, and yeah. I'd have two or three and create like a little four-track studio of my own. But um. So I had stuff on tape, but I ran some ads. And um, Lloyd Mitchum answered the ad for a vocal, high-range vocalist. I auditioned and really liked what I heard. He introduced me to his brother, who played drums. And his brother introduced me to Chuck. Um, oh, his brother's name, Lloyd's brother's name is Marvin Mitchum. And Chuck Goodwin was Marvin's friend. He played bass guitar. And uh, that's how we got together, man.
2: Oh, that's great. You know, there's not a lot of information on the band from back in the early days. I mean, you know, because we didn't have internet back then, and there were very few magazines to really go to. So not a lot of people knew what was going on with the group. It was mostly through the demo tape training that you know, people would hear about the group. Do you remember recording your first tape and, and trying to get that out there?
1: Yeah, I remember. It was, uh, it was all out of my pocket money, and I, you know, the band members really didn't have an income. So I spent everything I could to get it in the best studio around uh, that area. And uh, I I just did the best I could with what I had. I never really had any real backing uh, by anybody. Uh, Now, what I was doing was submitting um, 50 or so um, demos, uh, submitting to record labels, calling ahead, getting permission, submitting the material, and rejection letters out the ass. But, you know, um, I got some people like – let me see, Marco from Metal Blade, uh, Brian Slagle's friend Marco, yeah. um, was, was interested in Legion originally. And um, unfortunately, the band fell out for a little while and wasn't able to pick the ball back up with uh, Brian Slagle and Metal Blade. So all these years later, Costas Athanasoglou from uh, Greece um, got a hold of uh, our music uh, via the Internet and got in touch with me and wanted to reissue all the material. And that's what's out there now.
2: Yeah, and, and there's a lot of great music to finally hear again. Do you, I mean, did you put out quite a few demo tapes back in the day? Before, I mean, I know you said the band kind of fell out. Did, after that first recording, did it kind of fall apart for a while before putting it back together again?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, every time I manufacture, I do it through Disc Makers, back when I was making cassettes, uh, and then later, you know, into the CDs. And I do a thousand at a time. And unfortunately, uh, it was hard to sell them because of no social media, the cassettes. So I ended up giving a lot of them out, man. At shows, or about five bucks for a twelve-song tape, and stuff like that, man. You know, I just did what I could uh, without the reach. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Also, also I sent promos, you know, to local radio stations and surrounding radio stations, like in Florida, Atlanta, Columbia, South Carolina. But I function. I uh, we operated actually out of Beach Island, South Carolina. I know it says Augusta, but that's where my property was. So, yeah. but we had our, our band room in Beach Island, South Carolina, actually right down the street from James Brown's house. <laughs> oh, nice! <laughs> yeah, The Godfather was like my neighbor. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <That's>
1: <laughs> funny. Yeah, we bump funny. into each other every now and then, and I'm a big scary guy, so he didn't have much <laughs> to say to me. But oh, my wife, uh, yeah, she, my wife waited tables at uh, the Olive Garden during the Masters, and uh, she got to meet him. She got to meet The Rock. Uh, stuff like that And, uh, so yeah But I already knew him from Beach Island
2: Oh, cool Yeah, you know, the, I, I look at the, you know uh, Arkham Steel put out the two compilations The Darkness One and The Bible Stone And when you look at the line, it says This album was the third album, the fourth album The first unreleased album Were these albums yeah. all recorded back that far back And just never got to see the light of day all these years?
1: Yeah, they didn't, you know Uh, Without Costas, it would still not see the light of day. I really wasn't behind trying to keep investing into something that I couldn't get the band members to invest in. It's not that we have any hate with each other. It's just, you know, I'm making money, and they hadn't figured out how to make money other than playing music. And it kind of, you know, after a while, I can only spend so much money on one project. But, you know, uh, all in all, I think Costas from uh, Archie and Steel, man, I mean, the Steel Gallery... Uh, without him, I'd still be just nobody. Nah. I feel val—look, I, I feel validated through uh, through him. That's all I'm saying. Yeah.
2: It, it, well, it has to feel good that you put all this time, effort, and you know, obviously, money, uh, all those years ago, back into the songs. They kind of just sat there, but now people, you know they they get to hear them. And it's like almost like a new band in a way, like a thirty-something-year-old new band where people are discovering you guys for the first time.
1: Yeah, that's what I really appreciate about what you're doing, and 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 all the other fanzines that are helping me out, and. You know, I still play, and uh, I'm in good shape, and I got a lot of guys that I do other music with, but I keep it underground. I'm not trying to be something as as famous as Queen Rush or anything like that. I just want to go and give somebody something different to listen to, and the word obscure appears uh, from uh, Steel Gallery, Archean Steel, and that's the good word, because uh, uh, we wasn't following any genre. We were just recording songs I had in my head. Yeah. So, you know, I really, uh, obscure it, it wasn't a bad word. It, it sounds like a good word for me.
2: No, it does, definitely. You know, back in the 80s, I mean, there were probably a dozen bands with the name Legion from all over the country or the world. And But you had no way of knowing back then for a lot, that there were other bands with the same name because it's not like we had the internet today. Did that affect the band in any way where you found out other bands had the same name that you guys had long before you had it?
1: Oh, yeah, no. Um, before... Uh... I don't even know, because I came up with, uh, I did a trademark on that uh, Legion logo, and I believe it was 78. And held on to it through the years, messed with different concepts, tried to figure out something that might just work, um, you know, easily. And, uh, you know, um, I laid it to rest for a long time. Now, during that time period, I noticed there were uh, three or four bands out there called Legion, And I'm not an attacking kind of guy. Uh, Ooh, attacker just popped up. (laughs) All right, but I'm not an attacking kind of guy. I wouldn't go after nobody about using the name or nothing. I think everybody should use it because if you look into who Legion really was, after the demons were cast out of him, he was still Legion. And uh, he said that he was going to spend the rest of his life showing everybody all the good things, telling everybody the good things that Jesus did while on the earth. So I took that uh, self-appointed myself on that job but apparently i got some other friends mutual friends of ours that um are friends with the another band called Legion uh in the united states and yeah. i don't think they have problems with uh with you know with me being legion and i don't have problems with them being legion I, the legion uh, uh, for we are many you know so i That's wish sure. more bands would name themselves legion <laughs>
2: That's right. <laughs> it's a good thing. Well, I mean, now that these albums are out and you, you know, people are hearing again, are you thinking about maybe trying to put the band back together or another version of the band back together? Well,
1: we're wor- we're working on that, Mike. Um um uh, the vocalist uh, my vocalist boy, a really really powerful high range, high scale singer. Yeah. He uh he's having some um, problems with um uh, there's like a rattle going on in his throat now. He, he had a um a surgeon look at it and there's yeah. a shelf. There's like a scar shelf in there uh, on an acid reflux pocket, and uh, it needs to be removed out of there, and that little slap in there will go away and it will clean him back up, and we're kind of sitting around letting that happen because it's scary for him at our age to go in there and have sure. something done with his throat, you know?
2: Yeah. Well, and, uh, I mean, I hope he gets better. I hope he gets better because it would be amazing for you guys to get active again and start playing. I mean, you, whoever thought this would have happened?
1: Hey, you know, um, I've been getting a lot of invites for festivals coming uh, this fall, and yeah. uh, I'm really, I'm really hoping uh, that that my good friend Loy is getting that throat took care of now, so maybe we can get something in. You know, I, I, but it's looking like a 2018 with or without Loy. I'm auditioning vocalist uh, now. Loy's aware of that, also. But maybe that'll help rush the surgery up, uh, you know. And I'm not sure how his insurance is and what's going to happen. But I, I oh, yeah. really hope the best for him, man.
2: Yeah, me too. That'd be great. I, I mean, Doug, if you go back to the early days of it, when did it like officially end for you? When did like Legion say, you know, when did it end? Did you say this was it? Me, was it uh, in the '90s?
1: Let me ask. Uh, let me ask. Hey, Alice, when did Legion officially
2: end? And then, uh, 1994. She says. Okay, it did go on for quite a while.
1: Yeah, it's 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 been a bit. Now we got back together last April uh, and done some recordings. Uh, I I released one or two of them on the original Legion fan page, and uh, I got a lot of various stuff in there. Plus, you know, all kinds of Legion and Legion Live uh, footage for people to see. And uh, I just you know want to share it, man. I'm not trying to make money. I'm just trying to let people hear what we did. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they'll buy what we do coming up.
2: So, absolutely. Do uh, you think it's easier today than it was back then when the band first got started, as far as, like, you know, recording goes, or is it still a really expensive proposition to kind of put new music out today?
1: Actually, actually, I bought a I bought a, a nice Tascam uh, uh, 24-track digital studio, and it works really great. It's got three times compression if I need it. It's got all the pro tools in it that I need. And uh, uh, I think as far as, like, um, letting people hear us uh is easier today but the circle is is small in uh in the world of metal and i'm working with other metal bands and other friends and we're trying to bring it back
2: uh,
1: and make the circle bigger
2: how's missouri for music today is there enough of a scene there to keep the bands going if you had it what's that is missouri a good music scene today is there a good rock and metal scene in missouri
1: uh, well, um, I'm in Missouri, but uh, uh, <laughs> <You're> <laughs>
2: <right>. <laughs> so
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll be uh, the f- official representative of Metal in Missouri. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah I, I've been was, dragging it.
2: <laughs> that's right. You were saying earlier about Metal Blade that they were, you know, it was it was at that point we were getting an interest, but then things kind of happened with the band. Was there any other interest after that with any other labels, or did you kind of give up shopping the the music around?
1: Ah uh, you well, know, you know, I don't, I don't really think so. I don't know that we were, I don't know that I was representing the band the right way. I didn't, I didn't have any kind of uh, a manual or nothing. I just tried to do everything I could, and it was too many things going on at once. So, I think nowadays, though, with social media help and people like you out there doing this, um, helps get my, you know, helps get my music out there to a broader audience.
2: Yeah, yeah. Were there any other bands that you put together after these that I don't know about, or did you just kind of give up on music at that point in time?
1: No, I've I've just uh, ever since I've been about fourteen. You know, know, I used to play in uh, cover tune bands, and they wouldn't let me in the bar area during a break, but they'd let me out back uh, into the alley um, where actually all the real partying was happening was in the alley. But uh, I was too young to be in the area where they sold liquor at, so I'd go out back. I did that till I was about 17, then I started recording about, I would say probably 20 to 30 songs a year, and I just have been doing that for about 35 years, so I got a shitload yeah. of music.
2: Would Would you think about putting them together under another band's name, or maybe like something solo, just to get the music out there, or release it on your own? Yeah,
1: um, my wife, at 30 years, is in there working on a uh, website. Uh, it's just Doug Calloway website. But yeah. all related bands and all related Recordings and videos and photos Are going in it before she uh, it, it should be another month or two She'll have it all in and, and start uh start That website But I'm going to link everything to Arky and Steel, Steel Gallery, Arky and Steel uh, yeah. Original Legion fan page And my friend Terry Mariniak uh, has a Metal Church page and he shares The Legion material because we used to cover Some Reverend and Metal Church songs
2: Yeah Doug, was there ever a time you thought about just packing it in and giving it up or did you always just, you know, have that love for music and just wanted to keep it going?
1: I just can't do it, brother. I just, that's the thing that makes my heart beat, man, is playing music. Yeah. And I love, I love to get live. I, I i love to feel that guitar amp cutting through my body, knowing that it's mic'd up and coming out of them big PA speakers and people are feeling what I'm hitting with that plastic pick. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, I know. Well, get live and man, come back feel, home it to It just New feels Jersey. so good. You it's like power, you know? It is. Well, you got to come back to New Jersey and get live over here. I'd love to come see you play live.
1: Dude, I'll, I'll tell you what. Bobby Leatherlungs Lucas for Attacker. He's a buddy of mine. He And yeah. Victor Ferrer. And uh, they're the reason I'm going to go to Jersey. And uh, I'd say Costas is the reason I want to go to Greece. <laughs> yeah. Now, I'd rather hey, go to uh, Greece
2: than Jersey. But, you know, <laughs> that's just me. Uh, you know, hey,
1: I love Jersey. It's still in me. So, yeah. um. Uh, but uh, I got to tell you um uh there's a guy there's a fella out there his name uh, on Facebook is wrestling Majir. and I think he's the one that uh brought my music to uh, Steel Gallery's attention and got Costa's to uh call me up and we did a we did an agreement and uh and man he is such a real good genuine person more people should know about uh Steel Gallery Archie and Steel Records man
2: Absolutely. I mean, he, he's got, he's
1: got he's got Air apparent, you know, in there with him. A lot of other, you know, Damien Black. A lot of good metal bands.
2: Oh yeah, I, I Cosmopolis had a lot of great stuff. I'm glad that he was able to get a hold of you and the Legion stuff and put it out because I'm enjoying it. I know a whole new audience of people out there going to enjoy it, and uh, I'm going to cut you loose now because I want to play some music off the records and get my next guest on, but. Great job getting this out, for everybody. I, I I can't thank you enough, and I hope that you do get a new band together, either with you or Legion, and just keep putting that music because you're a great songwriter.
1: Oh man, I appreciate that so much, man. Gives me gives me goosebumps, my brother.
2: Uh right, my pleasure, man. Anytime. Anytime, Doug.
1: All right. Uh, hey, uh, have a good show. You gonna play some Legion?
2: I sure. Am. I'm gonna play Running Away next.
1: Oh, great, man. All right. Well, I'm going to my uh, my phone and my headphones. <laughs> Maybe all I'll right. plug it in the maybe I'll plug it in the PA system, man, and Blair that's uh
2: You got it. You take care, brother. Nah, all right, Mike. Take care, bye bye. You too. All right, Doug Calloway of Legion, great band and finally all this music has seen the light of day. Well deserved. Let's get on run the Lesion with Running Away Pick up those two great records and all and They're well worth the few dollars that they cost You spend more on a cup of uh, Starbucks coffee So uh, spread the wealth around Help support all these great bands Alright, we still have one more interview to go We recorded this about a week or so ago With uh, Paul Van Valkenberg from Two Freaks We'll get that on in about 15 minutes Maybe 20 minutes or so We'll get on a couple of more tunes between now and then uh, Before the interview I was talking about The band Vatican, Vince Vatican's band Uh, The singer Brian McNasty kind of left the band. He said he wanted to focus on other stuff, uh, which includes playing in the Savior from from Angio, Bob Mitchell's band. Uh, The band's not really like, I mean, I love the band. Uh, Bob's a great friend of the show, and I love Bob, but the band's not really that active. They just did a small mini tour here in the U.S., and the guitar plays from Italy, so they don't really get together that often to play shows. So it isn't like that's like a Monday to Friday full-time band gig that he left for. Then the next thing you know, that uh, Vince is saying that the band had a couple of festivals that were set up, I guess, for this fall that they were going to play at. And now Brian is playing at those festivals as the voice of Vatican. You know, now I get being the voice of Van Halen or the voice of Black Sabbath or the voice of the voice of Led Zeppelin. But going out as the voice of Vatican, that, that just doesn't fly with me. It makes sense. And it just put out one of the most amazing, I mean, to me, and I, and I think Iman, a lot of people said it probably one of the best albums of the year. March of the Kings came out of pure steel a few months back. One of the best heavy metal albums of 2017 and not in a long time. So it's kind of a shame to see things fall apart that quickly because then I know there's not much of a local scene and not a lot going on for bands, but you know, they do have the festivals and people are really praising this record. It would have been nice if they could have gotten out and there's some random shows throughout the U.S., because Vatican were always a great band, even going back to the day. So, I don't agree with Brian going out there as the voice of Vatican. You know, if you left Vatican for other reasons, you shouldn't be out there playing Vatican music, especially since Vince is really the main songwriter and actual music for the band. It's kind of a fucked up and crappy thing to do and a way to be about it, but I guess that's just the way it is in this music world today. You know, everybody's looking out for themselves, and that kind of band mentality uh, seems to be gone, but... It is what it is. Hopefully Vince can find a singer that will uh, be just as good as Brian and be able to recreate the music the way he did and keep this thing going because it's such a solid record, March of the Kings, and it would be a shame to see kind of like, you know, fall by the wayside. All right, let's head over to New Jersey since we were just talking about that with Doug for some TT Quick as Victims. I was such a big Axe fan back in the 80s. I mean, the album covers always looked heavier than the band actually was, but they were a solid hard rock band. There's Rock and Roll Party in the streets off the Offering record. I think it was some 82, I want to say, but don't quote me on that. All right, I spoke to Paul for Two Freaks about a week or so ago. A real fun guy to talk to. I'm going to play an interview right now. We'll get on a tune off the band's latest record, and then we'll move on to a few more songs before we wrap it up here tonight around 8 o'clock because it's Sunday night. And that means it's time for 90 Day Fiance to come on. Pedro and Chantelle are going to the Dominican Republic tonight to renew their vows. I can't wait to see the trouble between the two families. All right, here you go. Here's the interview with Paul. Paul, this is Mike. How are you?
0: Fine. How you doing, Mike?
2: I'm doing great. Good to talk to you today.
0: Yeah, you too. Sorry about uh, any mix-up yesterday.
2: Yeah, that's life. That's what happens. <laughs> Now you can do about it.
0: <laughs> right. Well, I'm glad we we're able to get uh, connected here.
2: Yeah, well, good. Today's another day. That's all that matters.
0: That's right.
2: All right well, it's it great finally getting to talk to you today. And, hey, brand new record. Doesn't get better than that, right? The Dry Tide.
0: That's right. Well, thank you so much. We're really excited about it.
2: Yeah. yeah I mean, you know, I mean, think about it. the band has been around a really long time. A lot of people don't realize that.
0: Yes, we have. Um, We uh, actually were around in the 90s, and we've had a few periods where we've had to regroup uh, and did another uh, album, Complex Disorders, uh, around 2009, 2010. Uh, Then we had a few more setbacks, uh, kind of health things, and uh, just put together the dry tide over the last year or so.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say it's a very long time in between records, and now I know why. I mean, I guess as we get older in this world, uh, other things take precedence and other things happen, and the music kind of gets put on the back burner. But I'm glad that you were able to get back around to it and, you know, start writing and recording new music again.
0: Right. And, well, one thing that has uh, uh, helped us with uh, some age and maturity is that we've found the right combination of guys. Uh, and the, so the new uh, additions that we have with uh, Todd Stevens, John Weed, and Brian Murray uh, have really taken us to a new level. Uh, and so even though there were those big gaps in between when we had the uh, previous albums, we're already partway through writing another one that's going to come soon because uh, we think we've got the right combination of guys at this point.
2: That's an important thing. Do you worry? I, like I know you said, there was personal things, health issues that kind of delayed the band. Then, but does it worry you when there's that big of a gap in between records? Because today people like they move on from things so quickly. I <laughs> mean, They have very short attention spans.
0: Exactly. And, you know, we have to just deal with that head on because it is what it is, so to speak. And so the, the real challenge is just reestablishing momentum And um, like you said, it's just so hard, because if you haven't done anything just for a few years, people are like, who? Never heard of Tube Freaks before. And uh, lucky for us, uh, uh, a few things have gone our way. Uh, Todd, our new guitarist, is an excellent video editor. And he was able to put together a whole series of videos for the, um, the new album on the fairly low budget and uh that's really helped with getting uh social media activity going and uh, a lot of people still remember us but you're absolutely right it was very challenging to come back out from nowhere and try and get back to where you were
2: even yeah it's like sort of the newest oldest band type of thing (laughs) as long as you've been around (laughs) a, a lot of people are hearing about you for the first time you know
0: well, yeah, and, you know, my other thing is, is I've been a rocker my whole life, and my, I know the difference between something that I like and something I don't like. And so the one thing is, yes, we wanted to hurry up and get back out when we decided that we were going to do the album and come back, but at the same time we wanted to make sure to take the time to get it right and because yeah. uh, we didn't want to just be like some. And I'm not thinking of any specific bands, but we don't want to be like a washed up old band that puts out something new and you're like, oh boy, this, you know, they should have stayed where they were kind of thing. (laughs) (laughs) So we, yeah, so we wanted to come out with an impact and put out something that was really cool.
2: Uh, I think you did that. Uh, And I have to tell you, I mean, Starting out in the 90s, I mean, as a band, I mean, it was kind of a rough time, if you go back to the game, musically for, for anything. I mean, heavy metal's heyday was over. Grunge has started taking hold. Uh, classic rock, hard rock was sort of disappearing. Everything was like in, in, in turmoil. I mean, musically, was it difficult starting out? And Because and when I listen to music, it's, it's really hard to define you into one specific genre. You kind of take the best of anything, rock, metal, you know, anything – like that and mix it all together you don't limit yourself but was it hard finding an audience in the very beginning when so many genres were changing and going out of fashion or coming into style
0: yes that's a great question and I, i'm really glad that you noticed that too uh because it's something that we feel uh is is in our music and it's a good thing and a bad thing uh for as you mentioned, during that period of the '90s, when things changed so much, you know, the hair bands suddenly, the hair bands suddenly were gone, and then the grunge came in, and so forth. And but to us, and to to me, uh, I've been a fan of rock and roll all the way yeah. from the Beatles through Anthrax and Rage Against the Machine, and. Everything in between. Aerosmith, yes, Leonard Skinner, Led Zeppelin, Metallica, of all the grunge, Alice in Chains, STP, you name it. And so for us, we draw on all of those influences and just put out what we think sounds like good rock. And so a lot of times it's tough for us when people say, well, what genre are you? Well, are we hard rock? Or are we grunge or are we metal? And so we're kind of like, as you said, in between all of those areas. And so it can be a good thing if there's people that like that and recognize it. But on the other hand, it can be a little hard to just categorize us, so to speak.
2: Yeah. Uh, I think that's the worst part about music today is when people get put into a specific category genre, it kind of limits, with, you know, because people today just like, oh, right, they look up the name of the band, oh, they play this kind of music, I'm not even going to listen to it. But when you do listen to it, you're going to find something that you're going to like because you do a piece to a lot of different people. And you know what? It's not phony and it's not fake where your band's saying, you know what? Let's just write any kind of music we can so we get everybody, in, you know, in the fold. It's genuine with you guys. It just feels natural. And people should really listen because maybe they might not like one song, but they might find four other that they really can get into and dig.
0: Right, well thank you so much I mean, uh, you know, love your show And read the reviews of everything you've done And so believe me, it means a lot To hear that coming from you And we really appreciate it
2: Uh, No problem You know, good music is good music It doesn't matter where it comes from Or what it's about I mean, you know, I can dig a country song Just like, you know, I can like an anthrax song It doesn't matter to me Good music is what it's about And that's what you want to hear people playing When it's genuine from the heart That's the most important thing
0: absolutely and you know this in the usa here it's all rock and roll and that's all we know and so that's what we do and uh you know the next album the the one uh, other interesting thing is that um like the old bands like back in the day when led zeppelin would put out a new album you know they'd always you could tell it was them but it would have a different flavor and that was what was so cool is that they would they would evolve And so we think that the next album that we do, is you'll still be able to tell that it's Tube Freaks and everything, but we think it's going to evolve with some of the new guys that we have. They're very creative, and so we're really excited about going forward, too.
2: Yeah. Well, you were saying, a bunch of new members in the band right now, and over the course of all these, I mean, over two decades, you know, members come and go. I mean, you can look at it two ways. It, it, could be, it could become a setback where, you know, new members have to come in and learn the set, learn the music, and, or it could be a benefit where they, they bring new life to the band. They breathe new life into the band. They, you know, inspire you in a different way than a previous member would. I mean, how does it work for you when new people coming out of the band?
0: Absolutely. It's, it's a bit of both uh, what you mentioned. So on the one hand, there is that learning curve of uh, how do you collaborate with this person where the, maybe the old guy you could just make up stuff on the spot where the new guy maybe has to formulate a few new ideas and then bring them in. And, and so the workflow process can be different from guy to guy. And so that takes a little bit of getting used to. But at the same time, as you said, the new juice that you get from the creativity uh, of someone who's presenting new ideas and comes from a different angle can really get you excited, because uh, as an original band, you know something new. We're always looking for the next thing, um, so you're right. It, it's it's uh, it's challenging, but it's also uh, very much of a positive.
2: Yeah. I mean, you know, any time a new member comes to the band, especially guitar players, they always want to tweak things and put their own personal touch on, on a song. Are you kind of a stickler about, you know, them keeping the, the music that was already written before them the way it is, or are you kind of free with them, like, adding their own touch to it? Well, when it
0: comes to the old stuff, uh, the, the great part is that they really love the old songs. And so when we play live, we can do like the established. Aerosmiths of the world and play some of the classics and then come out with some brand new stuff and just keep going back and forth and mixing it up. And so it hasn't really been much of an issue to, uh, of how they play the old stuff because they've kind of wanted to recreate it as similar as, as uh, they can hear it as it was. Uh, Just because, you know, the fans are going to recognize, like especially you said guitar players, like when those solos come, our old previous guitar player was phenomenal. Uh, He, you know, uh, God bless him. I love him. He's had a few issues he's had to deal with, but that doesn't take away from the fact that his guitar playing was awesome. And so the new guys appreciate that. And so they want to play it similarly to make it stand out and sound like that live. And I know that our fans really appreciate it when we kick into those old songs and those leads and the new guy just is shredding them the way the old guy did. It's really great.
2: Yeah, that's important. I mean, as a fan of old music, I hate nothing more than a band live. And they constantly tinker and change the old songs around that you've been singing and humming in your head for years it kind of it kind of turns me off a little bit. So, I mean, I'm always open for change with new songs, but I want to hear songs that were written the way they were kind of written. Maybe it's just me.
0: That's right. You know, and I was listening to one of your previous interviews that you had where your guest was taught, you were talking about bands that try to recreate music, like re-recording albums. And we've never done anything, but I noted how you had stated that it's so challenging to recapture that energy and, um, so it's kind of a similar thing live, where you if you tweak it too much, then it's kind of like a new song, and it, and so it's important. But the new guys have been like, hey, I, they want to get it down, and uh, so we play them with the same arrangements, the same harmonies, the same um, leads, and everything as close as we can. Yeah, is the
2: band a five piece today?
0: Yes, we are. The, so when we added uh, the new lead guitar player, Brian, we used to be a four-piece with one guitarist. The old guitarist was able to cover a lot of ground in the studio, almost like a Hendrix, where he could play rhythm and lead and cover it all. Uh, the new guy is very talented, but he felt that adding the second guitar player, so Brian is the new lead guitar player, he's great. And he did great on the album. But it's, we, the second guitar player is, <clears throat> believe it or not, more of a singer. Because if you listen to the album, the, the new one and the old ones, there's harmonies all over the place. And for years, we would just play versions of the song where I would do it without any harmonies and make up a version that worked with just one singer. But we said, hey, if we have a chance... So when Todd became available and we brought him on, he is a great, he's a lead singer, quality singer. And so he has brought the harmonies to life. And then at the same time, he's a great guitarist. So he's able to lay down those rhythms like during the leads and so forth um, to uh, keep that bottom end. And so we kind of got... Two two for one deal with him because well three for one because we got the the rhythm guitar keeps it full but we got the harmonies and then as I mentioned earlier he's very creative even outside of music with the video stuff and so Todd has been a godsend to us and he's just great to work with and great guy too.
2: Uh- that's good to know. I mean, you know, the benefit of having that that fifth member is, like you said, all the extras you get musically with it. I guess the bad part is you got to split the pay five ways now instead of four.
0: <laughs> well, you know what, Mike? We're at the point where the pay really doesn't even matter to us because we know we're not going to get paid. The the hardest thing for us is just trying to herd all of the sheep in one room at the same time and schedule five guys to rehearse and, you know, gigs and
2: stuff. (laughs) It's funny when you say that about, you know, you're not getting paid. But as funny as it is, it's also sad in a way because, you know, I mean, there are bands that get together just to have fun. They play here and there. But when you start investing money, into recording and, you know, packing up gear and, and hitting the road to go play a show somewhere, you should be compensated. I don't know when it became such a bad thing to say, you know what, we should be making some money doing this. It's not, it's not a bad thing. I mean, any other job you wouldn't work for free. I don't know when it, when it turned into this all of a sudden where it's a bad thing to say, you know, we should make some money doing this.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, maybe it started back in the days when, if you remember once they started putting out CDs, and the Internet came around, and then that really destroyed the whole model of uh, selling albums. Um, but, you know, the other thing is, I guess you have to just realize that in in entertainment, everybody wants to be an entertainer. And so uh, there's so much out there, uh, and, you know, it's why we're honored to be on your show, because... There's a lot of bands out there. There's so much going on, and there's a lot of good bands. And you're competing with them, but also if there are some bands that maybe aren't as good, they can still gobble up a lot of space and get gigs and kind of water the overall thing down, whole thing down. And so, you know, I think it's just, in my mind, part of, the entertainment business that it's kind of like the football football players i love sports analogies so those top guys that make the nfl they're getting paid big bucks but everybody else you know your semi-pro your college guys your minor league guys they're riding around on buses and baseball too you know staying in flea bag motels Making nothing, and they're pretty good baseball players, but they're just not at that, you know, over the top. And so I think that the music business is like that. Um, you know, I, I, I read this article that 86% of all streams on YouTube go to 1% of all artists, or something yeah. like that. And so, you know, it's just kind of that way.
2: Yeah, it, it's kind of sad. Uh, I mean, you know talking about like, you know, locally like playing shows and everything out of maryland I mean, how's the scene over there today? I mean in a way you're kind of lucky because You know, you're a short ride from virginia washington dc. So you kind of got a pretty large area You know to concentrate on locally. Is it pretty vibrant today? Is there enough of a music scene going on to keep the band busy?
0: Sure Uh, yeah, the area is nice and very supportive um and um you know we just want to be careful about playing too many shows in the same area so over the next year we're going to try to spread out and be more regional up and down the east coast and maybe towards the the um, midwest cuz you know DC and Baltimore there's a lot going on here but there's also a lot of towns that are out you know in New York, Pennsylvania uh, that uh, you know, they love rock In some of those areas And so they can't get to a show Down in Baltimore And so, um, you know, this area has been great But we we want to try and, you know Get it out to be um, more regional uh, This coming year
2: Yeah is, is that really a big challenge uh, Trying to make that happen? I mean, is it just a matter of making the right contacts Or hooking up with other bands To get on different bills with them?
0: It is challenging it takes a lot of time um and it's it's kind of both so uh to answer your question so what we do is if we can get with like a national semi-national or established local band in another town then of course we want to go for it but a lot of times we need to build goodwill so there's a we're playing a show um Friday night this Friday in Frederick where we found this band on YouTube called Kiss Kiss Bang uh, from Kentucky and we really liked their video and saw that they were playing a show about an hour from here the day after and so we said well why don't we get these guys to come ask them if they'd like to play and they said they would and so then they're going to get exposure to our crowd. And then we said, well, okay, and then you can have us down to your town. They're from Bowling Green, Kentucky. And so they said, sure, that sounds great. So if you can't kind of luck into getting that gig and getting the exposure just on your own, then that's the other way to do it is to trade with bands. And so we're trading with one group out of the New York area uh, called the Black Clouds. Uh, They're out of Asbury Park. Um, they played our CD release party, and so, you know, doing trades is great because then you go to their town and they you get they already have a following there.
2: That's a great way of doing it. I mean, it's a whole networking thing, I guess. You know, and the more you can build up, the, the better it is for all the bands involved uh, playing, and it keeps you active and it keeps you out there. Uh, I mean, Paul, before, I'm gonna have to let you go in a little bit because I got another interview in a few minutes, but and I, you know, I want to get the most important thing out: the new record. You did a phenomenal job on this album, The Dry Tide. Where can people get it? Where can people find out where you are playing and keep in touch with the band?
0: Okay. Well, uh, first of all, thank you so much, Mike, for having us on the show. We really appreciate it.
2: Uh, my uh, pleasure. And Tube
0: Freaks, yeah, and uh, Tube Freaks, the biggest thing to remember is it's spelled one word <laughs> with two
3: E's.
0: So it's not Freaks, F-R-E-A-K-S, it's F-R-E-E-K-S, and so Tube Freaks. And so if you just Google it, our website will come right up, and you can get the uh, merch, physical copies right on our website, watch our YouTube videos, but also all of the usual Amazon, iTunes, CD Baby, uh, Spotify, all of those places will have our new material and our old material. And so please hit us up. Get on our mailing list. Let us know if we can come to your town because we definitely want to get out there and rock.
2: Oh, absolutely. Hey, Paul, when you thought up of the name Two Freaks with the two E's. Did you ever say to yourself one day, this is going to send me crazy because people are going to keep throwing it the wrong way?
0: You know, it's it didn't dawn on us. Mike, it's from <laughs> this book. It's this hilarious book where this guy talks about these people that are addicted to TV. And so they're tube freaks. And he spelled it with the two E's. And this is the most funniest story. So back in the day, I bought the domain name tube freaks with an A because I realized that people would go to that site and I could redirect them to ours. (laughs) But Dan's kind of some things happened, and I dropped the domain name, and it got picked up by a porno site. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, so if you go to TubeFreaks with a A dot com, watch out because your computer may not like
2: it. <laughs> <laughs> That's too much. Oh man. It was great talking to you today, man And you know, hopefully you can make it down I'm actually going to be in Baltimore in uh, August So maybe if you guys got a show going on That week I can uh, come by and catch it It would be fantastic
0: Hey, we'll send you our schedule And anytime you want to come to any show You're our guest, we'd love to have you out And once again, thank you so much For having us on the show
2: It's my pleasure, Paul You take care, have a great day now You too, thanks a lot Thank you, take care
0: Dangerous, Dangerous. take Take three. three.
2: they were Wrathchild USA they were just Wrathchild until they got into I guess the legal name battle with the Wrathchild from the United Kingdom but they were great band that's danger us off of the first demo tape uh I see that the members of Wrathchild are rehearsing together uh hopefully there will be uh something coming up real soon I don't know if it's just maybe for a festival or an album not a lot has been said but <clears throat> I would love to see that happen they were such a killer live band uh, back in the day, before they went in that harder and more progressive direction, they were just a good old rock band, and they sounded great. I remember seeing them at Le Mans, and they did this killer cover of Aerosmith's Lightning Strikes. They kind of owned that song, man. Cool band back in the day. All right, you know, I was never a big, big fan of L.A. Guns, but I have to tell you, I'm really digging the new song that they put out. Uh, it's called Speed. I'm going to get that on for you right now. Let me know what you think. Okay, M80 with Get Out of My Face. That was Don Costa's all-outfit. I remember the first time hearing about Don Costa was when he had a very brief stint with Ozzy Osbourne, and he used to play with the cheese grater on the back of his base to kind of shred up his stomach a little bit and make himself bleed. That was his group back in the day, M80. All right, we're going to wrap things up here tonight. I want to thank our guests, Tom and Paul. We had a great time talking with them last week, the last Sunday of July we got a great show for everybody. Joe Stump from Tower of Babel will be on the show live, as well as Tom and Namorada from Warhead, the New York Warhead. Brand new record out. Stick around next Sunday night. we got a great lineup so far for the month of August. I'll have all those bands posted up in the next week. We just have one or two more bands to confirm, and we're good to go. But right now, we have a brand new track. We're going to debut by Uncivil War. This is Joe Cangelosi from Whiplash and Creator and Brooklyn Militia, and more recently, Lemonade. This is his new project, his new band. We're going to debut the song called Uncivil War. Joe was one of the guests on the show next month. I believe it's August 20th. We have him set up for. So enjoy this new song. I will see you guys next Sunday night. Have a great week. It's time to get the popcorn out and get ready for 90 Day Fiance. I'll see you guys later. Take care, everybody.
0: Time for Optimum's Red Hot Sale. Get 200 meg internet, TV with over 260 channels and unlimited home phone all for 69.99 a month for 1 year guaranteed. And for a limited time, HBO and Showtime are included for 1 year. Switch today. Click for details and special web only offers. It's time for Optimum's Red Hot Sale. Get 200 meg internet, TV with over 260 channels and unlimited home phone all for 69.99 a month for 1 year guaranteed. And for a limited time, HBO and Showtime are included for 1 year. Switch today. Click for details and special web only offers.